in the Old Testament, do you remember how God kept talking about a land flowing with milk and honey? He keeps mentioning it over and over and over again. I did an episode about raw milk, the amazing benefits of raw milk. If you're interested, go to episodes 20 and 21. And I told you guys that I wanted to do an episode about honey, but I didn't, I honestly didn't know a lot about honey. I knew that it was a wonderful natural remedy, but I didn't know a ton about honey. So once again, this lady popped into my inbox and she actually created a remedy out of Manuka honey. This is how good God is, right? He always provides exactly what we need. So in this episode, I interviewed Joyce Dales. Joyce Dales is the CEO of Buzzagogo and the inventor of Cold Be Gone, a homeopathic Manuka honey-based remedy that you swab in your nose to fight cold, flu, allergies, and to protect the nasal biome. Joyce, who used to be a high school teacher, is married to Jeffrey, who is an attorney and software engineer. In 2009 and 2011, they welcomed two beautiful girls as they grew their family through the gift of international adoption. Together, they run their company while homeschooling as they travel the country in their 1972 Airstream. Cold Be Gone is now sold nationwide and is a proud official sponsor of the Boston Red Sox. I'm so excited for you guys to meet Joyce. She's just such a delight. After talking to her for a while, I could really tell that she's also a warrior mom. She'll do anything for her kids, which is why she probably started her company. So in this interview, you will find out a little bit about her and how she created her product. And you will also find out a little bit more about honey. Proverbs 24, 13 says, My son, eat honey for it is good. And the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Before we get into the show, I just wanted to remind you again of my free Facebook group. Go to facebook.com slash group slash her holistic healing. I would love to meet you. So I hope to see you in the group. Welcome to Her Holistic Healing. Do you want more energy and less anxiety so that you can do all the things? Are you searching for meal ideas, essential oils, and other holistic treatments? Do you wish you could know which direction to take with your health so that you could finally feel better? Hey, I'm Alexandra. I love Jesus. I'm a wife, mom of three, and registered nurse with years of experience in clinical research. I also wanted more energy so that I could have more fun and keep up with my growing child. I too was confused about all the different diet and treatment options. I too wanted to wake up every day and feel good, but I felt anxious because I couldn't solve the mystery of my health until God showed me that he is the source of true healing. In this podcast, you will learn holistic treatments and Bible truths that will lead you to the peace, joy, and freedom that you have been hoping for. So what do you say we take a break from the mind-numbing, humdrum busyness? Let's rest and let God be our healer and helper. Hi, Joyce. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about why you became interested in natural wellness? I became, I've always been interested in natural wellness. I grew up in my grandmother's kitchen in Maine in the seventies and eighties. And my grandmother was the kind of person who 
you know, there was a natural remedy for everything in her opinion. She had a canning cellar. She had pressure cookers going every day of my life. And so everything was about you could get better without taking a trip to the doctor because in rural Maine, that was expensive and hard to do. So that's, that's the foundation of why I became interested in it. And then I decided I became a high school teacher when I was older. And when I married my husband, um, we decided to grow our family through international adoption. And our first little girl came home from Vietnam. And in the middle of her adoption, we were told that she needed emergency open heart surgery due to Agent Orange. Her heart was essentially backwards. And there's a whole, there's generations of children still being impacted by this because they're farming the soil. And unless the United States goes in and scrapes two feet of soil off of Vietnam, this is going to continue happening. So she had emergency open heart surgery to completely um, reroute her heart and have a full pulmonary graft. And when she came home, I was told she would be immunocompromised. And so I lived in that new mom dread fear headspace that every cough, every sniffle at the store was a direct threat to my fragile new baby girl. And that led me down the path of, I need to revisit my roots of what can I do to make my family feel safer from a natural standpoint. And that's how I started a natural remedy company. That's amazing. And some of your, a lot of your products contain honey, right? Right. Is that right? Um, what are some health benefits of honey? I think honey is such a great, if you look at our medicines, especially even natural medicines, a lot of the base ingredients are sodium benzoate or glycerin or um, something that, you know, yeah, maybe it's not necessarily a chemical, but it's still, I think, not exactly beneficial. So I wanted to think about why don't we use honey as a base? We cannot declare honey medicine in the United States. That is not allowed. Well, pretty much anywhere. <laughs> but I, I think of honey as, you know, this healing modality that should not just be a marketing ploy. It needs to be genuine. And uh, that's why, and I've always loved honey. My grandma, everything my grandmother ever gave me had bees or honey on it. And so she's the reason for that. Did you have just really great experiences with honey in your, in your family or you did? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, for, for instance, when I first met my husband, he had an elective surgery when he was in law school um, and he actually got hospital acquired MRSA. And he had to have 10 surgeries, skin grafting. He had bone loss. They didn't think of his tailbone. They didn't think he was going to walk again. Like it was, the, and this was just before I met him. So when I met him, um, uh, and we're nerds, we met through match.com when it was not cool to do that. <laughs> so, so when I met him, he was healing from that. And it was pretty scary because we kept being told by doctors he was colonized in the nasal passages and would always be at risk for additional bouts of, of infection. So when I learned that, you know, honey, I was researching honeys from all over the world and I stumbled upon Manuka honey and Manuka honey in particular was like, nobody'd heard of it then, you know, it was 20 years ago, nobody had a clue. And it was just being um, discovered that Manuka honey in particular could reverse antibiotic resistance bacteria. If you had it in the right range of, um, I guess they grade Manuka honey and they have different grading systems, but at that time, UMF was the grading system being developed. Um, if you had it in the right, in the sweet spot, so to speak, it could really impact 
your body's ability to fight off that infection and heal by inhibiting the infections at the colonization site. Like so let's say you had a cut on your arm and you're colonized and you're septic. You apply um, medical grade manuka to that wound and it inhibits that wound's ability to create a biofilm around itself as it's replicating. And so, yes, you're just applying it to the colonization site, but it will affect you systemically because it will take out, um, it'll allow your body to get ahead of the infection because the pathogens no longer got its shield around it and it allows your antibiotics to be more effective. So that to me was fascinating. And I wanted to, I wanted to have that on my arsenal in case Jeff got sick again. Like that was really scary. Um, so that's how I started down the path of super honeys because there are super honeys all in every region of the planet. And I found that fascinating. That's amazing. So when can, where can our listeners find the highest quality raw honey? How do we know which honey is more super than the others? So well, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure we have a super honey here in the United States. I just I have theories about where it is, but I can't really say. But for me, I always go for the darker honey, the better um, for me in terms of its medicinal value. And that's the, the general thinking. But when you want a high, high quality honey, if you want to eat it for your allergies or whatever, go to your local beekeepers. The beekeepers have fantastic websites now. They've kind of sort of unionized where they get together and they have associations. And you can really tap into that with one email or go to their websites and ask them, where's the strongest honey coming out of our state? And then you can usually order it and have it shipped right to your door. For instance, there's a wonderful beekeeper up. My grandmother used to tell me about this honey in Northern Maine that could cure anything. And of course, back in those days, that's what the old timers would say. Oh, it'll cure anything. And, uh, and that was this buckwheat honey made in Northern Maine. And I have always been on the hunt for it when I go out snooping around looking for honey at farmer's markets and stuff. And I have yet to actually locate it in northern, like west northern Maine. Um, I had some suspicions that I found it a couple of times, but I my big fear is that the potato industry up there and the agricultural farming has destroyed it or it just doesn't exist anymore. Speaking of speaking of that, are bees kind of, I don't know if you would call them endangered species, but they're kind of they're kind of in danger, right? Yeah, I think they are. I have a lot of opinions on this that will get me canceled off of social media. So I, but with you, since I'm not putting it in a post in a podcast, I can speak pretty freely. But if I do hashtag save the bees, I will literally get flagged. Um, so yeah, we need to be paying attention to that. They recently um, have just legalized or they're working on a vaccine for bees to protect them again. <laughs> I know you're shaking your head. This is my reaction. And then I thought, no, go read about it. Let's read about it because the issue they're trying to deal with is a serious issue. Usually the hive has to be burned and that's horrifying um, to, to get rid of this uh, and the disease that, the, that this vaccine will be targeting. And here's what I learned. It's not widespread. It's easily managed through beekeeper practices. It only spreads through poor beekeeping practices. And yes, it is expensive to each individual beekeeper, but what is the trade-off if we go with this vaccine and you can't contain bees from hive to hive, bees travel, they do crossbreed. There is, there, there's no keeping something just within this hive. If you start to vaccinate, eventually that's going to I believe, in my humble opinion, 
alter potentially the genome of our bees because it the way this vaccine works is it goes into the ovaries of the queen and then it gets passed on to offspring what do we know beyond that right it's it's an immunity that is passed on through the birthing process well i'm sorry why do they i don't understand why do they want to vaccinate the bees <laughs> it's for this particular pathogen i'll have to look it up i can't think of the name right now i'm terrible about that i always forget important names um, but this, it's a type of, um, disease that the bees get that can only be, they basically get it through dirty equipment in farming. It's a problem really for industrial beekeeping. So yeah, that's, that's what they're doing. So I posted that the other day and I was just, and I took the chance and I was just like, save the bees. I'm waiting for that post to get pulled because I felt really strongly about it. I'm like, I'm just going to post this. And of course I got pushback from people that are like, oh, it's just science, it's fine. Well, you know what? I really think we have messed with mother nature to such a point that she is trying to slap us back. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything that we can do to help save the bees? Support just... local beekeepers. Okay, yeah. great, okay. They're pretty passionate people and they won't always agree with you. There's a lot of beekeepers that heavily use insecticides, but you can just flat out ask. It's not like going into your grocery store and hoping that the labeling isn't lying to you or skirting some issue. Um, you know, just ask them and they'll be straight up with you what their opinions are. They're very vocal about their beekeeping and you can always find an organic beekeeper who really really adheres to the purity of the science and the art of beekeeping and then I, their product is probably beautiful and clean also you want to consider when you're choosing honey how close is that beekeeper to industrial agriculture that's always important that's a good point so i've i've tried some of your products i i'm fascinated by them can you tell us a little bit about them and your journey to get them on the market i imagine that was such a huge task for you right it's an immense task um the goalposts in natural medicine keep moving and they're moving rapidly now uh hearing from the fda if you're a small pharmaceutical small pharma company is regular it's all the time uh, for instance we may have to do a packaging change in the future of to age four and up instead of one and up that may happen which would require me to potentially recall hundreds of thousands of dollars of product and destroy it and that's heartbreaking but that's at this level now that i've gotten into some national change that's the cost of doing business and i have to stay um, on this side of all those important regulations so that's been a challenge. I think if 15 years ago, I'm not sure I would have become a medicine. I really wanted to be able to speak about this product with homeopathy and with honey. To me, it was perfect marriage, perfect marriage of how to hit cold and flu from every angle. Um, I might've just tried to become a supplement, but you cannot make it speak about it. You can't necessarily have a supplement that goes in the nose that isn't a spray. And then if you want to become spray, you have to change the viscosity of the honey. The only way to stabilize viscosity of honey is with chem certain chemicals. And those are the types of things you kind of get forced into um, when, when doing this sort of thing. So I think I created my medicine with joyful, hopeful naivete. <laughs> and now I'm having to try and keep it as pure as I can without getting, you know, getting run out of business by regulatory stuff that... Big pharma can keep up with no problem, but little pharma will struggle with. 
When did you start the whole process? When did you start researching? And then when did you start the process to actually bring it to the market? That was when my baby girl first came home. And by the time her sister came home, um, I was well into like kitchen science. I had jars of honey everywhere. Um, it was fascinating how not all honey is created equal. And I couldn't just rely upon only super honeys because they can be quite caustic and work against my goal. They would burn or I would, I would feel like it wasn't, we were always all test subjects, the whole family. I'm like, shove this up your nose. And it's a tiny amount. It's just, just you use the, a, like the dot, like a zero on a keyboard, tiny amount, but still it's, it's a delicate mucosal system in your nose like the mouth of the vagina you've got to treat it with care and respect um and so that took at least a couple of years and then two more years of talking to the small business association about how how do we do this my husband being an attorney he's like yeah, we have to go down this path of becoming an fda otc pharmaceutical i'm like oh god so it was at least five years of product development and research Are there other products that you, that use the, I guess you call it the booger bi biome. <laughs> Are there other products like yours like that? Or were you one of the first? I think I'm the first to talk about it. But now I used to tell people all the time, viruses replicate in the nose. Your nose is a biome. You should take care of your nasal biome, blah, blah, blah. Well, now everyone understands this. The, the pandemic has provided a sort of um, an elimination to my learning curve that I was always trying to overcome with people about, yes, your nose is important. Um, but now I think there's a probiotic coming out. There's all kinds of nasal products coming out. But for me, the problem always is what's the carrier? What's the carrier? What do you have? What's the thing that is stabilizing your product? And what's all of those questions? And, you know, that's just, that's just me being a picky mom. Like if I don't want to put it in my kids' noses, then I don't want to put it out there. And honey can be very fussy. You know, you, you have to actually, in some honeys that come in from around the world, they have to be irradiated, believe it or not. So that's another thing to consider is that irradiating honey. Yes, it sounds scary, but it actually makes the honey sterile medi honey and sterile medi honey is those $80 jars that they put on diabetic wounds or in field dressing for the army. That is, so that is something else to consider is that when we are using honey, there are some honeys that come in from around the world that have been either light irradiated or gamma irradiated. So, and that's just what you have to do, or you cannot use honey as a medicine in the, you know, well, as a carrier to medicine in the United States of America. So when you irradiate it, does that, what does that do to the, the components of the honey though? Is it still as effective? It took me six months to come around to that concept. Um, because you know, I'm, I'm that mom. I'm like, mm, well, no, that sounds terrifying. But I, I dealt with a lot of experts. I did a lot of consulting. I spoke with honey experts in particular. That they were the ones that I really leaned on. I contacted Dr. Peter Molin of the father of Manuka honey before he passed away in New Zealand, like the guy that found the reason Manuka honey was so special, University of Waikido. And he helped guide me to the place of he's done research on irradiated honeys and the enzymatic activity is slightly inhibited. Um, the probiotic activity is inhibited to some degree, but the prebiotic, the anti-inflammatory and all of the medicinal, like the value of honey in other ways is not inhibited. It becomes, um, especially Manuka honey in particular, it becomes a sterile medi honey. But again, we cannot use honey as medicine in the United States. <laughs> I should just put that on my forehead. I, honey is not medicine. 
Um, in your research, what are some, I know we talked about, it's been used um, for viruses and things like that. What are, do you know some other health benefits of honey? If you want to use, like, let's say, let's talk about Manuka honey. If Manuka honey is raw or if any honey is raw, it's going to have a lot of mold and yeast and other you know, things in it. And we don't know how much of that mold and yeast or the, uh, the microbial count is beneficial. And there is lactobacillus. It's usually beneficial. So Manuka honey in particular is wonderful. If you're trying to fight, um, uh, H pylori in your stomach, there's dozens of studies about Manuka honey regarding H pylori. Um, it's wonderful. If you're my kids, if somebody threw up when they were younger, tablespoon of the strongest Manuka honey I had, and boom, we were done not one more throwing up for that night. Like it's, I use it in that regard. Um, I use it for whatever ails you in this house, but I have to be careful about medical advice. I think moms know honey is amazing. Yes. Honey is amazing. And it, it tastes so good, right? It's just, <laughs> well, you know what? So sweet. Doesn't. I oh, don't does like it? taste. No, I don't know. You're probably, you're much younger than I am, but in the seventies or eighties, when we had a sore throat, our moms would torture us with this spray called chloroseptic. Uh -huh. And it, was, it, was, it had a long nozzle and they'd get you in the back of the throat with it. And it's nastiest stuff you've ever wanted to taste in your whole life. Well, truly strong, high grade rated Manuka honey tastes exactly like chloroseptic. Oh, okay. You can taste the medicine <laughs> in that honey and it gives you like a throat burn and you know, it's doing something. Manuka honey in particular is interesting because all honey has UPF uh, peroxide activity, which uh -huh. is great, but it may not survive the acidity of the body and the journey when you're eating it. And it certainly doesn't survive a hot tea or anything like that. Manuka honey is also can't, shouldn't be heated, but um, it's one of the few super honeys that survives. I like to joke the rooter to the tutor. It still maintains its medicinal value the whole journey down. And I think that's just fascinating. And so does um, Scottish Highland Heather honey reacts much the same way. I'm trying to get jars of that. I want to sell that on the website because that would be amazing. Um, that reacts exactly the same way as Manuka honey. It's even considered to be more antimicrobial because all honey is antibacterial, but these super honeys are antimicrobial. They cover a bigger range of pathogenic stuff. Um, Scottish Highland Heather honey, but it does it in a totally different way than Manuka and they haven't figured out how yet. And the same with Brazilian red. So science hasn't even really begun to figure this out. And a lot of the studies being done, for instance, there's studies in China being done with Brazilian propolis against small lung cell cancer. So that's fascinating to me. What the, the potential for what honey could do for us is just barely tapped. And now we're fighting against killing the honeybees and altering their genome and altering their entire biology. Yeah. We mess with mother nature way too much with God's creation, right? It's, it just, it kind of blows my mind how many natural remedies are out there and we're just, we just mess with them and we don't, we don't truly know what these things can do for us. Right. Yeah. We so have no tell clue what we're ruining. Right. So tell us, um, where can we, tell us a little bit about your products and where we can find them. You can find them at, in Florida in particular, you can find them at Winn-Dixie or Pedro, uh, Fresco y Mas over in Miami. Um, we're in some uh, select CVS throughout Florida. 
Um, and then mostly just Amazon or the website. If you want to order off the website, that's the best way to reach me. If you ever want to email me to talk about, you know, to be a nerd with me about honey, I would love to do that. <laughs> Joyce at Buzzy I'll answer those emails directly because I know what it feels like to be a mom who's got a kiddo and they're sick and you're scared. I get so many emails from moms that are like, can I use it if their nose is runny or it's some like question that they just, you know, they need to ask. And, um, I love to help in that way, but yeah. So is that the best way that our listeners can reach you via email? Yeah. Joyce at buzzagogo.com or they can reach me at my TikTok, which is buzzagogo or my Instagram, which is cold be gone with two E's like a bumblebee or my Facebook I'm so glad that you took the time to listen today. If you like what you heard, will you leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that this show can reach more people? And if you want to connect with me, go to herholistichealing.com. Before you go, I want to leave you with one of my favorite passages from Matthew 29. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For you, it's easy and my bird is like.